Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, and I'm here with Mella, Josh, and Lacey. As always, we want to thank you for pressing play. Thank you for being here. If you like what you hear this episode, head over to your podcast platform of your choosing. Listen to our other episodes, rate and review us. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Give us four stars, five stars. Can you do five? On almost all of them, yeah. Do five stars. <laughs> Four fucking. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, honestly, any interaction is appreciated. You guys just being here listening with us today is amazing. We love movies. You guys love movies. So thank you very much. Hello. Hello. Okay. What do you call a dinosaur whose girlfriend breaks up with him? Mm, I don't know what. Uh, Tyrannosaurus X. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a good okay. one. Uh, hey. Don't really know how to bounce back from that. Why? <laughs> what are you why, doing? Why did the Velociraptor cross the road? I don't know why. Why? So the chickens hadn't evolved yet. Damn. Okay. <laughs> what, one more for a hat trick. Okay. What do you call a dinosaur wearing high heels? I don't know what. Stiletosaur. Um, uh, my feet are saurus. <laughs> Carmella. Does me every day, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Incinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where. F- what are you doing? <laughs> He's losing his mind. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, are you doing? Throwing Rashawn off. You know it. I know. That. <laughs> Type A, motherfucker. He's shaking in his little boots. Now why the little? <laughs> shaking in his tiny feet. Shaking, trembling in his size five sneakers. <laughs> Absolutely quivering in his baby gap socks. <laughs> Rashawn, what what are we doing today? What the hell is happening? When people meet me in person, they're like, damn, I thought you were very small. I thought you were a very small grandpa. Aww. <laughs> Second part's true. Let's just jump into it because we have pretty a pretty big episode today. This is a spooky listener's choice app. Um, I really, really, really appreciate a listener interaction like i said at the top like we say every episode and so i've been trying to make sure that we get to all of your requests some of them are still on the spreadsheet but we're we're barreling through because you guys give us a choice to watch and i want to make sure that we do that so today is a synergy of two different requests both of which fit the month that we're in so we have two spooky flicks on deck the first of which 
is a movie that I had never seen, even though I'd heard of. And it was requested or submitted to us by a very amazing and talented photographer by the name of Najee Gort. Najee! What up? What up? Seriously, he's incredibly talented on top of being a great listener and a movie lover, a fellow movie lover. So head over to Instagram at initial.here.please. Find his work. Follow him. Commission him for some work because he's a very talented individual and we are very happy to have him here with us on the show. Uh, he's not here on the show, but we're come on know, out. We're <laughs> oh, shit. Special guest appearance. Hey. Uh, so, on that note, what is the first fight we have on deck today? Rashawn. Yes. Nashi. 1991 film mm-hmm. Popcorn. Before yeah. the horror of Halloween. Before the fear of Friday the 13th. Before the evil of a nightmare on Elm Street. Before them all, there was... Now, 15 years later, he's back. Oh, yes. There's something happening here that I've been looking for all of my life. There's smoke. Someone takes her hand. She's running. The same man comes towards her. Popcorn is a 1991 American slasher film directed by Mark Harrier and written by Alan Ormsby. It stars Jill Sholin, Tom Billard, Tony Roberts, Dee Wallace, and Derek Rydell. This movie is about a group of film students who put together an all-night horror movie marathon in an old theater to raise funds for their university film department. At the same time, there is a madman running around the theater, picking them off one by one. Can they survive the night? I don't know. I don't know. So Najee DM'd us and sent us this request, uh, specifically, I think, to myself, because there are some very overt and obvious references to one of my, my favorite movie of all time, Scream 2. This movie takes place in a theater at night during a very loud and raucous film screening where the audience responds to everything that's on screen, which which very heavily influences the opening of Scream 2 with Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps. So it was a very smart and generous listener request. And I'm very, very happy to say that I love this movie so, 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 so much. I don't know if that's a surprise at all, but some of my favorite horror films are slashers. I love meta films. This is both. This is a movie about people who love movies and some of them die for it, which, hey, might be my fate, but um, (laughs) you never know. But I think it's really fun. I I think it is subversive in, in one of those very early surprising ways it's it's a very underseen gem it is on shutter right now if you uh have a subscription to that so it's a perfect october watch i I think the kills are really fun and schlocky 
you know I'm not afraid of corn and cheese. And I think this has this in, this has that in buckets. And I think I have a couple bold takes over the next hour or so. First one, I think, is that this features one of the best performances, I think, ever in any horror film. Whoa! Um, yeah. I we I just turned it off. We watched it for a second time because it's been a second before we were going to record this. And that kind of solidified things for me. But that's my hot take. So uh, thank you, Najee, for bringing this to the pod. Thank you for any reference to Scream because I love it. And uh, you might have set me up for a jumping, but hey. <laughs> so we're here okay. for that's what we're here for. That's what we do. We attack. I'm going to start with... Ah, fuck. Josh. Great. Rip off the bandaid. I'm I'm nothing if not uh, a, a man of my word. Mm-hmm. A man of honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, was going to rewatch this today. Didn't get a chance to. Something came up. So uh, I'm having a months-old memory of this movie. And that's what I'm bringing into the pod. But... That's okay because you won't get any of the nitpicks that I usually do after rewatching it 30 <laughs> minutes before we start recording. So, to speak in 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 a broad stroke, I was so ready to hate this movie. I was ready to <laughs> turn it on and just shit on it for an hour. Naji, I was I was I was going to be so mean. <laughs> there are some things that I had a couple nitpicky stuff. I could nitpick a couple of stuff. That's still bad grammar. Keep this in. Uh, but ultimately, despite crossing my hands as hard as possible during this movie, it ended, and I remember then, and I remember now thinking back on it, genuinely just really liking it. I'm never going to go to war for this movie, but it's it was one of the biggest surprises in recent memory of like oh shit i i just kind of liked that i don't think it it's not going to you know it's not going to be a halloween rewatch for me clearly i couldn't even get it done today um <laughs> but i like it i'm it's a thumbs up for me mm. okay i have a feeling i know who your performances were Sean, and i <clears throat> tentatively agree okay so you, you is, got you got me. I'm here. Uh, Najee. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lacey. I won't drag it out. I really enjoyed this movie. It was a first watch for me too. And just like Josh, I saw the movie poster for it and knew it was from 1991. And so I just kind of didn't want to watch it when we watched it. <laughs> I just had all of these preconceived notions about what a 90s, early, early 90s slasher movie would be, but it perfectly defied all of those expectations and really gave me something that I will put on again this Halloween season. Like, I thought this movie was quirky and spooky and sad and really well performed fun enough written for 
what it was. I thought it was, I, overall, I just think this movie is really clever. I think this is a very smart horror movie that I wasn't really sure where it was going. The big reveal did genuinely surprise me. Yeah, I, I had a good time. This is a good, good 90s time. <laughs> wow. Three for three. Okay, Mella. <clears throat> I feel like you are really, like, I don't know what she's going to say about this. Because we did watch it a time ago. And then today yeah. you were like, mm, it's losing here's, you. Like, here's no. why. Here's okay. why. Let me explain why. Okay. <laughs> Usually we watch movies together. Lacey and Josh watch movies together. Very rarely, unless we're at the theater, do we watch them as a group, collectively. Mm-hmm. But when Mel and I watch movies, and I'm sure you guys do this too, we try to keep our opinions as close to the vest as we can. Oh, not me. Okay. You know, you, you know Josh. You know the Yeah, that's right. That. Yeah. That yeah. Like, Throughout not, the movie, uh, I'm yeah. sure Josh is like, nope. So I, I'll just kind of nod, she'll nod, and we'll just hold it for the mic that's fun unless it's a movie we've seen before and we kind of know how we feel i'll say i'm with you if it's Lacey's movie i'll okay i'll i'll do that like nod or talk about i'll I'll keep it close okay if i know we're about to record and it's Lacey's movie then i will okay okay this time the first time we watched this a month ago and today the movie (laughs) ended i turned it off And I turned with a big smile on my face. (laughs) And I said, I really like this movie. I really, really like this movie. And Carmela goes, well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I said, okay, well, fuck me then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, listeners, just just fucking rewind a couple seconds ago when he said, I really like this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Carmela is uh, tone deaf, but not in the way that she can't sing. She never hears how things come out of her mouth. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Whatever, and dude. She's all, why? Why are you so surprised? And I, why you think what I said was rude? I'm like, yes, Carmela. The things that you said were the most rude. venom I've ever heard. Well, motherfucker, I like this movie. Okay, then. <laughs> Goddamn. I saw it twice. I it was my first watch, of course. Um, and I'm kind of like with Lacey. I don't ever judge books by the cover because I don't read, but I do. <laughs> however, I was like, hold on, I judge every book by its cover. <laughs> I do, however, judge a movie by its poster, and this is one of those. Even though it's a sick poster, it's it like is. a really cool poster. So it's That's not really cool. like. Uh, the lack of art or whatever. It's just like, eh, is this the the mood I'm in for? Is this the mood I want to get into? Um, and it is. Like, I do feel like it's such a bummer that it was a bomb because I feel like if you love Scream, which a lot of people do, and you love slashers, this is literally for you. It's funny. It's campy. It's got a lot of practical effects. It's also scary. And I like that it kind of like just gets right to the point. We don't spend a lot of time on the backstory. It's just like this happened and this is enough to project us forward. And this is the story. So, you know me, I like when a movie gets right to the point. So I, Najee, you got a four for four, my dude. A four Let's for go. four for Halloween. Oh, Yay. 
Well, I'll be motherfucking damned. I know. You okay. thought you were going to get roasted. I, di- I did. And here's why. Because I think popcorn toes a very fine line between... I, I don't think it's a campy movie, even though there are some winking nods. I think it's just a very knowing movie. Yeah. And it came right before New Nightmare and Scream. And it has that... It also has that fine line between the 80s and the 90s. which are very very cheesy and then very very ironic and meta and i think that it's a very healthy marriage of those two things so i wasn't sure because both of those movies have both of those tones have failed me on that on this podcast yes (laughs) so i think something that really worked in its favor now that maybe didn't work in its favor when it came out is the year that it came out I forgave a lot of it, not forgave, but like some of the cheesy stuff or some of the kind of goofy lines that didn't quite land or whatever. I kind of just like laughed and shrugged off because it came out in 91, of course. Yeah. But but especially from the 80s into the 90s, tone was so that was like that's all that mattered was tone for like not even just horror movies, I think. And I think if. I can't recall what the what what the sentiment was on tone in '91 because I was just a wee little newborn. Um, <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Little no baby. I was just a little baby. I can't watch a scary movie. But if yeah, but if '91, so if '91, if like so, if what audiences are after is this sort of, I mean, I guess like, what other horror movies came out in '91? What was the most successful one? Uh, Mr. Oh. Almanac. What do you got? Silence of the Lambs. Bingo. Like, there we go. Like, if if they want Mr. Almanac. <laughs> Mr. Almanac. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they, if the tone that is, like, kind of in is serious and dramatic and really scary and dark, something like Popcorn's going to come and go. I call that a gas station, you know? So, <laughs> you get it. Uh so I think that kind of maybe is why it could be a reason why it wasn't so popular when it first came out, but why I gave it so much grace watching it now. It, it seems like just looking at the poster, it seems this is kind of around the time, maybe in the middle of like the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the Friday the 13th around like four or five mm-hmm. and all like sleepaway camp and fucking april fool's day and all those kind of derivative for lack of a better term i think they're all great but this kind of seems lumped in with that unless you watch it and you see that it's got a little bit more on its mind mm-hmm. oh for sure yeah the po- the poster alone doesn't do it any favors no not right. at all yeah. like i was expecting a lot more and again just from like the poster yeah, like that cheesiness where you're just kind of like, ah, this is like, uh, all right, you know, but it had more to it than that, which is why I say like, I don't know why it didn't take off well, but I think it is to Josh's point, like it just wasn't the right time for it to be released. Yeah. Okay, I, I dropped a little hint about the performance that stands out to me. And I think, like most horror films, the movies live and die, live or die on their, on the success of their villain. And for my money, I think Tom Villard is incredible. 
in this, especially after the reveal. And he has this very long, you know, syndrome-like monologue to Maggie about his intentions, about his pain. And it's very melodramatic. It's very over the top. But I think he also brings some depth with it. And he just sells the hell out of it. it. It doesn't, the latter half of the movie doesn't work unless he goes for it, but also has some talent behind him. And I, I think he, he nails to- Toby. Yeah, Grease 2 and My Girl star Tom Villard really crushed <laughs> it. You know I recognized him from Grease 2 right away. He didn't have an even named part. He didn't, but I recognized that fool so well. Sure he did. Uh, yeah, I think... <laughs> He was phenomenal. I was blown away at how good the special effects were on him. I mean, yeah. sp- spoiler alert, I guess. He's been wearing faces. But during this big monologue, he's got the sort of, for my comic book fans out there, he's got a pretty identical comic book movie fans. Uh, prosthetic <laughs> to the high evolutionary from the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And it looks really good. Like, yeah. Especially really from 91. Good. It's seamless. It's seamless. It looks like you can see a picture of it on IMDb. It's one of the first ones, but it's really fucking good. I couldn't get over how well that prosthetic was pulled off. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where in the model, like he's switching faces back and forth and the ears and the skin are kind of hanging off his face yeah. and flapping. And it looks so good. He, Throws out a little spit, makes my stomach turn it's a little disgusting. bit. It's so gross. But but he's going for it, and it's it's so 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 great. And I just I just know in '91 he was sitting in that makeup chair for fucking six hours. So long. Yeah. He had to be. There are moments where he uh, he takes over for the usher, or he he he's kind of shrouded in darkness and he's putting on a voice before he kills someone else. And I, I think those moments are so well done and so chilling. And this is before you even know who he is, but really well, well done for a movie that you would think is again, going to be this kind of can't be tossed away. And like you said, Rishan, like it is written a little melodramatic. Like it could, the whole reveal and a lot of what his character does could be campy and could be melodramatic but because it's rooted in such a sincere performer yeah it really it's kind of phantom of the opera esque mm. like this whole Very. the whole second act especially you know not just design wise but like thematically of the performance happening on stage and the audience not really getting that this is something bad that's happening in front of them. Also very scream too. Yeah. But it all could be incredibly like eye rolly, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not because Tom Villard played it so brilliantly and so specifically, like, I don't know that yeah. anybody else could have, done it at the time and made it such a such a compelling complex character that you even feel pity for from time to time like same way you do phantom of the opera like you do feel and and you kind of lose it at one point but (laughs) you do feel empathy for um this person he's great 
Uh, there are a few other actors in the movie. Also, Tom did pass away maybe three years later from AIDS-related complications. So I think yeah. this is a very loving testament to his talent and a, a kind of a time capsule of, of what he was capable of. So yeah, I, was reading, I, really, he was, I really do love he, he was one of the first or an early actor to come out in the early 90s the AIDS crisis and it affected his career so honor him by booting up Shutter everybody and watch this movie watch it but there's a titan in this movie <laughs> maybe not a horror titan like Michael Myers but D Wallace uh, has a pivotal but kind of small part and she's the stuff of horror legends if you've seen E.T. Cujo the howling the hills have eyes she's just she's like the Jamie Lee Curtis of the 80s <laughs> even though jamie lee curtis is jamie lee curtis but <laughs> <laughs> even even bigger than that i mean et is one of the best films ever but she i feel like she she lends some credibility to the movie even if she's just playing someone's mother she's kind of pivotal to the plot and the third act kind of hinges on her her safety and i think she does well with what what she's given so this is my one bugaboo with the movie what's up the third act i i so i so enjoyed the first act i thought all the students had great chemistry they're sort of they had a nice little energy whenever it was just scenes with them but but then when we got into the sort of the the dream versus reality versus the the movie and the it got a little muddy for me it's so cool. It it was cool, <laughs> but like I don't know. I kind of just missed the 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 sparky, spunky fun of just the students. And I get like, there's no way that could maintain for a horror movie. It was a little too like, I don't know, movie filter. Like, oh, is it a dream? She's having a nightmare. It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I'm kind of with that. Like, I did it didn't like ruin the movie for me, but I was just yeah. like, yeah, eh, like it didn't ruin it, but I was like, yeah, come on, come yeah, on. yeah. Like this, it- <laughs> there's other the gearing up for the kills. You know what I mean? Like once you already know, like, oh, he's theming the kills off of the movie. Okay, I'm ready to see like what's he about to do for the next one. Like th- that was a lot cooler to me than the dreamy aspect of it. I don't, I wouldn't say take it away because I do think it adds to that like 90s horror movie effect. But yeah, I kind of was just like, all right, I'm, I'm good. Let's, let's move on. (laughs) I feel like that's that's what it was. Those were so fun. Like, like you said, Mel, the, the, the movie kills were so fun. The, like, Mm -hmm. the, the, the vent for the smell of vision, the, it was a mosquito, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were all just like really fun. So, like, when it went back to this, like, Kind of dreary melodrama. I don't know. I was like, okay, back to the kills. <laughs> yeah. I also what I love about this movie is like it's the film club. It's the misfits. And we don't really get that a lot in horror movies. Like a lot of times the people who are being targeted in horror movies, especially slasher movies, are like the cool kids and like the popular kids. So it's really fun to like see the other side of it I felt like I already had an instant connection with this group because they were the offbeat kids yeah 
so I really, I really enjoyed that. If I would get rid of one thing, one thing, it's the the blonde girlfriend. All of that, mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't need the love. I get it. It's a love triangle, but I don't need yeah, it. It was we don't too, need it. It was a love triangle and then a love rectangle with strong man in the seat next oh. to her and. It just added a lot more when it, we could have been spending more time with the misfits. I'll concede. I'll concede to that. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. look at us. Wow. I'll concede, yeah. If only so I can talk about how hot Mark is. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so clumsy, so cute, uh, adorable. Very much giving Jerry O'Connell. Let me let yes. me do some clicking on IMDb. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't know if you're he's, he's a screenwriter. He still looks pretty handsome. He's, so he's a boyfriend. Oh, yeah, this guy. Lead. I can see that. Or not the boyfriend. Yeah. But in the movie, he's... Cute. Cute. He's Come cool. save me, but you fell into a pile of boxes while you're trying to do it. What a That's doofus. What a doofus, but he's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I say that every day. Oh, hey. hey. <laughs> you're the clumsiest person I know. I know. Oh, I know. It's me. I'm the doofus. <laughs> I kind of see where you guys are coming about coming from with the dreams, but it kind of feeds into this idea that the film is just their life and her dreams are kind of a red herring because her, her dad is not alive anymore, but she's consumed by movies. She's curating a whole marathon. And even when everything's over, they're outside the theater and they're still, they're still quoting movies. <laughs> is that so how I, you dream or Sean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fog machine in the room. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> it must be his white noise machine. <laughs> so I kind of buy that even while all this chaos is going on, she's still having these kind of, not that they don't matter, but they're just intrusive in her head. Right. And there's a movie going on downstairs and deaths are happening related to the movies and you know the last line of the movie is my whole life my life is movies (laughs) so i really relate to that (laughs) you know i just i couldn't stop probably dozens of times to myself while watching this this movie is just kind of ahead of its time Mm -hmm. like in in a world of screams and scary movies and all this sort of like quasi meta they'll they'll like they'll kind of tap on the fourth wall but they'll never break it this came out first i know other ones came out before this i don't know it just it worked really well to make these kids movie buffs and to sort of have them live the movies they were buffs of it it just it felt very ahead of its time Mm -hmm. in a good way in a good way but i think that's a part of why it bombed right like it was just people didn't really know how to take it once we got to the movies that you're referencing, like Scream and, you know, all of those movies, like I Know What You Did Last Summer and where we have Nightmare, where we have like these big celebrities to sell the movie. Mm-hmm. And plus, it's also a good script and a good time. It's like, oh, OK, well, we're going to go watch those instead. It's sure. a great spooky time movie to put on. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it deals it also subverts your expectations. Like the killer's monologue comes almost like halfway through the movie. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's still a whole third act, which I think is really tragic. He kind of, Toby kind of gets what he wants, but not the way he expected. You know, there's mm-hmm. people standing and cheering his death and not really knowing that it's not a publicity stunt like Jada Pinkett. Um, <laughs> it's, it, I, I think it, like you guys said, it's way ahead of its time and it's definitely worth the watch. Well, Najee. Four for four, Najee. Give us Killing another. Four. And if you do watch this and you want to see movies that kind of influence Scream or Scream references, this is a great one. There's another movie called He Knows You're Alone that the theater scene also references. It's, I think it's one of Tom Hanks's first, if not his first movie. Um, but there's also a kill inside of a movie theater. But yeah, if you have an October list geared up, definitely check out popcorn okay so that was very civil so nice um, let me go get a beer for this next one no same i'm so (laughs) annoyed i'm so annoyed i picked the white one good because you got the the that's like carmella on dating apps (laughs) (laughs) i will blow the speaker up (laughs) (laughs) but it's true Okay, this next email comes from one of our favorite and frequent listeners. Just a casual spectator has given us a few great listener requests, and it's October, and they gave us another great one. This is about a year old, so I am so, 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 so sorry that I uh, took forever to get to this. But the email reads, Hey, Sin Attack family, had some time and wanted to tell y'all happy two-year anniversary we're gonna say three two our third year just passed Uh, i have said it before but your show has been and continues to be one of the highlights of my week and helps me get through my days i've been loving y'all's episodes and just just finished the hero villain episode which sounded like it was an emotional roller coaster to record (laughs) that one twice (laughs) that's a good one oh the daisy go listen to that one yes that said, I'm disappointed Josh did not bring a Star Wars hero or villain. He didn't even bring Porkins as a hero. So disappointed. <laughs> Betrayal. Don't, 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 don't you three sit there and act like you would ha- you would have anything nice to say about Porkins. Don't. Porkins was He's a cute hero. Or whatever. He's so cute. What did he? What did he fly, Mel? The Millennium Falcon. <laughs> the what? Flaukin? Flaukin? Who's the Flaukin? That's Porkins. Porkins Flaukin. Oh, that's his last name. <laughs> he built it. <laughs> Anywho. Also, I've been listening to other podcasts and media, and I wanted to say that, Rashawn, you are truly the unsung hero as producer. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, sorry if any of the other cinephiles help with it. They do. Y'all only nope. mention no, we don't. We, we don't. don't do that. Uh-uh. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> How you sort of start noticing high quality or low quality things with movies as you experience more episodes. I've noticed that as a podcast, especially, it sounds like it may be your first one that you're making. The intro music, setups, scripts and outlines, intros and outros, games, sound quality and balance are all on par with some of the high budget podcasts I listen to. So keep up the good work and know that it doesn't go unnoticed. That means... More than you know. I'm not going to cry. Keep moving. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to give y'all some two-year love slash three-year love. Can't wait to hear more. Also, if you take donations, Patreon, just let me know. There is 
there isn't much I can give, but I do believe that good work should be rewarded. Appreciate that. Buymeacoffee.com slash WCA. Sorry for the length of the email. Never apologize. But keep doing what y'all are doing and take care. Jacques. Aww. Is it Jacques uh, or Jax? Because I like Jax. Jax. That's immortal I just felt I'd be a little first right there. Jax, I'd, I'd like to thank you for the recognition. I work really hard on my scripts. Um, I'm up 2, 3, 4 a.m. the night Josh, before. I'm going to murder you in your sleep. <laughs> Writing and rewriting these these scripts that I... Especially the synopsis. Ooh, the boy. synopses? <laughs> brother, insomniac status, you know? <laughs> rip that little mic off your earphones that was such a nice email i know it really do you see how i have to deflect sincerity with humor yes we get it josh it was so sweet josh thank you you, jack thank you jack and with that one of the suggestions that they gave us was the strangers pray at night because i want to see if Rashawn can back it up being good Mm. This was pointed. So, with that said, what are we fighting about again? Bashani. Melabella. Today, we're fighting about the strangers pray at night. Labor Day. This is nice, right? There's someone else standing here. Is Tamara home? I think you have the wrong trailer. I thought we were all alone. What the hell? Dad? These Strangers Pray at Night is a 2018 slasher film directed by Johannes Roberts, written by Brian Bertino and Ben Katai. It is the sequel to The Strangers that finds a family vacationing to a secluded mobile home park where they are attacked by the three titular strangers. So I had a a lukewarm take with Tom Villard's performance. I have a hotter take that is probably going to get me in trouble with one of my very dear friends on the mic. Don't say it, dude. Don't say it. I don't. I very much like The Strangers. I think it's a great horror film. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best in theater experiences I've had ever. But I think Pray at Night is better. I enjoy it more. <clears throat> I return to it more. I can confidently say, as someone who watches a lot of slasher films, I return to this because it has a little bit more personality. It has a little bit more panache. And I said this in my letterbox, it has one of the all-time great slasher sequences. I don't think that is solely what makes this a good movie. Yeah, so if you're if you're putting me to it, if you're asking me to rank what are what is two parts of this franchise soon to be five. I'm putting The Strangers Pray at Night above 2008's The Strangers. That's where I stand. I don't think this is going to be as civil a conversation. That's fucking crazy, dude. (laughs) I know. 
You've heard that, listeners, so I'm going to save that for the last. Uh, <laughs> Mello, where are you at? Oh, uh, look. Okay, so when I first watched this movie, I think we watched it in theaters, right? I came away in like so much in comparison with the first one. And I was just like, it's nothing like the first one. I don't know if I like it. The strangers, like the the the, the trio, are just like not what they were in the first one. I just don't get the tone. And I guess I could say it was a thumbs down. Now, years later, watching it again, having some time, having watched a bunch of movies since then, I do like this movie. I think I still like the first one better, but I don't think I can compare the two. I think it's like, to me, a very different tone. And I think that's obviously of purpose. If I can speak on it, I think the reason why you like it so much is like this one feels like a slasher, whereas like the first one does not. And that might be a reason why I also like it too. So I don't, I don't know. I don't have like much bad things to say about it. We'll see as the episode goes along. But I think it's just, it's changed my mind as the years have gone by. Uh, Lacey. Sean. <sighs> yes. Um, I love The Strangers. The Strangers is, I like genuinely in recent memory can't remember a movie that I watched that like genuinely scared me or disturbed me. But I've seen The Strangers half a dozen times and every time I watch it, even when I know the scares are coming, it just gives me that sick feeling in my chest in my stomach it's just a disturbing film it's a disturbing concept it's an unsettling idea so I I love that first movie and like Mela the first time I watched Pray at Night I was like this fucking sucks this is terrible (laughs) um this is not a strangers movie this is not uh, like, this doesn't make me feel scared at all. And I walked away from it being like, that was absolute garbage trash. Sure. I can't believe it got made. Now, we watched the movie again this week for the uh, first time since okay. that one. And I can't say it's garbage trash. But all I kept thinking and all I kept feeling throughout the whole thing was I wish they just didn't use the strangers for this. I wish this was just a slasher movie with three random killers that were not Just somebody from the trailer park. Not tied to the first movie at all. Because I think as a slasher movie... This movie's really fun. This is a, it's a really, it has some really great kills, has some really great soundtrack beats to it. It's, I, the whole time I was sitting there watching it the second time, I was like, I want to like this. I want to be into this. I want, because it's good, but I can't get there because the scariest thing about the strangers is that they're human. It's a random attack, it's a random killing, and it is 
ruthless. And this movie kind of turns them into the ethereal slasher. They all get up after they shouldn't be getting up. They all keep going after they shouldn't be going. Um, And this movie does something so poorly that the first Strangers does so well in that it builds no tension. I am not... I am not tense at all for any of this movie. I see every kill coming from a mile away. And everything happens so fast. I realize that The Strangers is slower in pace because it's a two-person cast. It's one locate. Well, it's a two-person protagonist cast. It's one location. In this one, we have a whole trailer park and four people. But there's just no... (laughs) There's no tension. There's no time to, like, bode and be scared because, well, it's this killer at the door. We know this already. Oh, and they're already inside with a knife. Oh, okay. Like, there's no build-up. is dead. Yeah, she's just in, like, 50... It's not even 15 minutes into the movie and she's being stabbed. That's a, we get one star. She has a week available on her schedule. Knock it out. Get it, get it in, because she's getting out. Or the mother of the family dies first, so that you know nobody is safe. The biggest star in the movie is dead. I mean, both, both. (laughs) Well, yeah, but you can peel back any movie with production notes. Like, oh yeah, this person was only available, so we killed them off. I don't think that's the case. I think the mother, whoever that was, was cast as that part, was going to die first. Because that doesn't ever happen. Mm. I feel like you would go into this movie thinking Christina Hendricks is going to be the final girl. And True. then it subverts that and kills her first. I think, put a pin in that because I want to okay. go off of what Lacey said, but I want to hear what Josh is say first. Okay. Lacey, are you muted? Yeah, I'll keep going, but so someone else jump in. So okay. <laughs> I, I've monologued for 15 minutes now. Somebody it's else okay. go. That's fine. I I was ready for it. Go ahead. So and I do just want to say they are both 85 minutes, but that's that's part okay. of my so that's a pacing thing that is in that's my corner. Thing. Go. So I The Strangers is my favorite horror movie of all time. It's in easily my top ten movies of all time. I am I love The Strangers. I'm very protective of them. It's I don't scare easy. I don't. I watched The Exorcist when I was like 13 and it didn't phase me for a minute. I don't scare. The Strangers is the scariest movie I've ever seen. I think the scariest movie I'll ever see. And I'll defend it till my final breath. I, like everyone else, was borderline offended when I first saw this movie. (laughs) I, 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 I let a lot of it go. I, I was like, okay, sequel, okay, okay, okay. The moment, the 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 moment, the moment Burlap Head, it blows up and then it keeps driving. I almost walked out. I was furious, <laughs> furious. It's not that. That's like the last five minutes of the movie. I almost walked out five minutes early. Um, I'm pr- identical. Uh, opinion to Lacey. If this was not called The Strangers, 
if this was just called Pray at Night and you made it even two people, I would I would be a big thumbs up after this rewatch. I think this movie, while a fun slasher movie, is so antithetical to the first Strangers movie. To me, this is a non-canon thing. I don't know what their plan is with these next three movies coming out, but there is so much that does the exact opposite of what the first Strangers movie does that I I just I I had to get a dentist appointment because I was grinding my teeth the whole movie. Josh, <laughs> you're right. I would never get a dentist appointment. No, uh, I would book the dentist appointment for you. <laughs> That's on man, baby. So. <laughs> Let's talk about the pacing, because every, truly everything Lacey said, I agree with. That's kind of my thoughts too. They are almost identical runtimes. The strangers, you get Dollface early, but aside from that, it's just kind of shadows, and it's so fucking confident, and it takes so long, in a good way, for anything to happen aside from that chair's moved, my cell phone charger is gone. The smoke detector is taken. Like all these little water drops of just like something is wrong. Meanwhile, the, this sort of whirlpool of tension between Liv Tyler and, and, and what's his name is just adding on top of the stress that like, Jesus Christ, you guys got to get out of that fucking house until it's too late. And this is just not that. <clears throat> I, I'm having a hard time because it is a fun good slasher movie but it's so not the strangers that i don't i don't want to shit on it relentlessly (laughs) because again fun cool but it's not the strange it's not this it's not the the stranger it's not the strangers. strangers. it's not the strangers it's not the strangers look every every i agree with you the tension in the strangers in the original 2008 is very very good they also have a cast of two that they can't kill off besides Glenn Howerton 20 minutes in. So, yes, that's an innovation of their casting and the writing. It's great. The tension is great. But I think every second entry in most franchises, which this now is, has to kind of demystify the killer. Halloween 2 makes Michael Laurie's brother. Friday the 13th introduces Jason after his mom's dead. Scream 2, Debbie Salt comes in after what Billy's if we dead. Don't like for it's once? Because you can't just do the same thing. If if there was 40 minutes of just chair moving again, oh, man. that's what is that? Oh, like, man. why would you just do The Strangers again? I already watch it every year, so let me just get <laughs> another one. What do you mean, demystify? This movie mystifies these characters completely i don't understand you saying that they keep getting up the the three killers are definitively dead at the end of the movie uh, rashawn after Pinna. being stabbed three times and not dying and then being shot Who? with a fucking Who stabbed three times and doesn't die? point blank from Dolphin? like a foot away and then sitting back up and just sitting there laughing and bleeding you she would be the- torn in half that's hey, that's what I said. The dollface shotgun surviving is ridiculous. The man in the guys, mask, it's she's dead like two minutes, like a minute she, later. He, he has to, she has to double tap. She has to take another shot. 
and then she's dead. Like Man this is not Michael Myers. I'm chasing you for another thirty minutes. It is exactly Michael Myers. That is exactly what Man pin up, in the Mask no, is. Pin up, in this. Pin up no, does it is the, not. Yes, no, it, it is. is. Michael Myers. Pin up no does way. the Michael Myers. Uh, Lil no. Lou Pullman schwacks her with the nine iron. She falls and she does the eyes up grab. And it's like, oh come on, dude. He fucking laid her out and then he, and then 30 seconds later he stabs her dead like this is not the unkillable killers getting back up the, they are human the masks are figuratively ripped off and there are no more strangers by the end of the movie there I are no jump scares it. teasing I... a new movie they're dead they're gone because they did eight jumps eight false ending jump scares with the man in the mask you guys know. Yes! I took, no way. I, I hated no that way. they took Dollface's mask off. I hated it. What, that you that she got revealed? The the whole thing of The Strangers is their anonymity. It's in the name. And I, I, I know we don't know who she is and we'll never know, but you didn't have to take her mask off. I hate that. I hate that. Isn't I guess it would be like, well, we're not going to do another one, right? Like, this is it. There's like a seal on it. Like, it would be like, okay, Strangers 3... Okay, well, we already saw her, so she's got to be another bitch, right? Like, we couldn't have her again, but I feel like that mask ripoff is like, ya final, punto final, they're done. Like, they are dead. (laughs) 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 They're gone. I guess my question is, and I don't know the answer to this. So, we all love The Strangers 2008. It's very specific. It's I don't know, do we? I, I do. Yes. Okay. God. Okay. I think we I, all do, we that all was the do. First thing I said, y'all are not going to do this to me. <laughs> that is the first thing I said. We all love it. I saw it late. I was fucking terrified. I think seeing it at home is scarier than seeing it in a theater. Hundred because you're at home. And it's a very specific, well done tone. However, if you are gonna do Strangers Two, same cast as far as like the big three. How can it still stick with the same tone and same themes, but be a different movie? For one, it happens too quick. And I and I don't mean runtime of the movie. I mean, chronologically in the night of the world. They park and they're all dead within like two to three hours. So I think if you really want to make them pray, even at night, if you only want to have it last one night, I think... The psychological torment. That's what it's missing. There's no psychological torment. It's is Tamra home? Like there's no there's no there's no playing with their food. So there it's all immediate. Like we got you. I think there needs it needs to last longer. Cut the power to the trailer. Break the window. Like call from the uncle's trailer. So the caller ID shows up. Like there's no toying with them that the original strangers did that that really makes this sort of cloud of dread loom over the whole family. It's just, they get there, they're under attack. Because to me, the psychological torment or growth is not with the strangers. It's with Luke and Kenzie because by the end of the movie, they've killed three people, which is something that at the start of the movie, they've never done before. There are several moments where Luke can't even pull a gun. And he, can he's like asking his dad, "Are you really gonna hurt him?" And and to me, that maybe it's eye roll worthy in a horror movie, but that's the psychological meat where he's 
a human being that maybe not might not be ready to hurt somebody even though they're hurting him and by the end of the movie they've taken out three people and i i think that maybe it's not as enticing because it's not killer versus victim but i think the moment in the pool where he kills pinup girl the acting that lewis pullman does he's kind of like i just fucking killed someone and i had to do it and that's something that we don't get from the first one because they don't have a chance to which i love but again it's a sequel so i don't think it benefits them to do the exact same thing at the exact same timeline i will say writing wise this movie which is i think why it's so frustrating that it's a stranger's movie and i don't i don't see it as a stranger's movie i think you're right i think the relationships and the arcs of the characters in this movie are really, really well done. And I know this is a pejorative, but like, especially for a horror movie, they, they, a lot really of times in horror movies, a huge pejorative. Well, I'll, 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 let me clarify. A lot of times in horror movies, the arc kind of takes a back seat once it's time for them to become a hero. And no, and, no, I'm not accepting that. Watch more horror movies. Mm-mm. I'm not saying in all of them. The well, good you're, one, you're generalizing. Yeah, of course I am. So what <laughs> I do, baby. But I'm saying this movie, like good horror movie writing does, uses those hero moments to fuel the arc and fuel the writing. So it 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 doesn't fall into the trap of bad horror movie writing. It does, however, fall into the trap. The of strangers bad, does, but uh, no, it doesn't. Of bad mm-hmm. sibling writing. Hi, I, as speaking as a brother to a sister, <laughs> I don't think I've ever called my sister sis once, let alone sure, it's, start, it's a little, it's let a little alone writer-y. start every single sentence, uh, writers everywhere, exit. Um, That's fine. The thing that, unavoidably, Jax, you know what you're doing when you brought this on, you're just going to make this a comparison episode. <laughs> the thing I think that makes strangers so compelling is because uh, uh scott speedman's character pretty early on we are confident as the viewer that he is capable of pulling that trigger of killing of defending himself pretty early it's not a question the strangers through their methodical planning execution and torment have effectively taken that away they're never there he can never access them he's they try to run. They prevent it. It's all they're they're able to remove the skills that the protagonist may have systematically. And then when he does finally, like he seems like, all right, I got him. I can't. There's there's no way the hero won't make it out of this situation. The Glenn Howerton scene happens, and then effectively all hope is lost, and we're positive that the heroes are done for. It's my favorite part of the whole movie. I don't think it makes it's better or worse the 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 Pullman versus Speedman sort of dynamic. I just think I don't know. I don't like the Pullman dynamic as much because the strangers themselves don't have to be as menacing and methodical and sort of sneaky when your hero isn't a threat to you. You know, and then obviously they pay for it. Their hubris is 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 punished because he does overcome that and he kills them. But which I will give it props for. But I don't know. It just 
It's not the strangers. You know what? Uh, for me, in this, I might have even been able to accept everything and enjoy this movie more if it was three different strangers, not the same masks. If it was having it be the same three people completely demystifies the gross humanity of the first one. Like, the horror in the first one to me is the inhumanity of it. Like Josh said, with Dollface being unmasked in this one and, like, putting a face... One of the most powerful things I think the first film did is at the end, at the end of the first movie, when they kill our two protagonists, they unmask themselves, but the audience doesn't get to see who they are. Mm-hmm. So, and and then there's the whole scene in the car afterwards with the the missionary kids. <laughs> Give me three different people doing this, and still call it the strangers. Sure, fine. But, like, having it be the same three not existing to the same rules as the first one just really detracts for me. I also, if you had told me the director was a diehard horror movie fan, I would have been like, this must have been so fun for them to make. I can totally see that. I see the references to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I see the references to Scream. All of that. But the fact that they said they don't even like horror movies or slasher movies, I'm just so confused. I don't understand. Neither does Nev Campbell or Jamie Lee Curtis. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, they can still make a good movie. But they didn't. And clearly, (laughs) they did. (laughs) And I don't understand what rules the strangers are breaking in this movie that they make in the first one. Being a human being. I think it's the the like I Halloween, right? I feel like this, sure. this movie is Scream and Halloween are kind of like our our fucking blueprints for any like horror movies moving forward. But I think with Halloween, we've had so many remakes, and you have your original in seventy eight, then you have your Rob Zombie, and then you have the ones now. Rashawn, like David Gordon Green, uh huh, and mm-hmm. anyone you for example or anyone that just loves halloween period are gonna love an aspect of those three remakes even somebody who's a diehard fan one of my friends she hates the whole rob zombie thing because he's he's like untouchable in that and i feel like maybe speaking for you maybe not other people might just like it because it's just michael myers killing and i think with the strangers, I kind of agree with Lacey where I'm, it would have been interesting to see it called the strangers and it just be a completely new set. Like saying that now, her putting it in my head, I'm like, mm, kind of want to see it. But also, <laughs> you're just an easy mark. No, uh, but I'm, I'm going to say she has. A good I defense. didn't say you did it, but she has admitted to being an easy mark. I am an easy mark. I am an easy. But I did start this episode by saying. I had a change of heart and I do get why you can't make the same movie twice. If they, you know, did the exact same thing they did in 2008 and all they did was change the people who are getting murdered. That's what I would have been saying on the mic today. Like, well, why did we do a second one if it's just going to be a copycat of the first one? It's, 
it's because the strangers themselves don't act the same. I agree. All, all of the man in the mask <sighs> discourse aside. I've saw, I, I watched Dollface, them within 12 hours of each other. It's the same. Dollface and Pinup actively run from danger in the first one. If there's a threat to them getting like attacked, they dip. And these ones, they're like, they're heat seeking missiles. They're looking for a fight. Man in the Mass stuff we've been, I've, I've been chattering about. It's just, and I see what Mel is saying. It's, it's just a different take, uh, you know, the same way that Zombie and Gordon Green, they all have their different takes on it. That's just hard for me to accept when it's the second one. <laughs> you know what I mean? But and it's I, the same, it's the same writer. He originated this these group of people and he wrote the sequel like i think these he's are just doing people. something fun he's just doing something yeah fun, i don't i don't fun. i don't see him breaking any rules that he started they're human to me in the first one and they're human in the sequel man in the mask I, isn't i think not. they're like he's michael oh, myers we, talk, we have to talk about the ending now i think he's a little i think they're a little jazzed up in the second one come on a little bit but i but i don't think they're defying death I, I think any shotguns or explosions, they're dead within the next minute. I feel like we watched two different movies because I, I don't see... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to say the man in the mask or lap pen, he gets burnt up, baby. And he... And then he and then he drops dead. No, and he then he chases her in the car t- 10 minutes later. Yeah, it's the chase after. No, he blows up in the car and he's driving, slowly driving the car, steps out of the car and drops dead. And then chases her in no, the truck. No, that's it. Well, yes, the Texas Chainsaw. Yes. <laughs> yes, I get it, but that part's a big boo boo. But also, not for nothing, that truck wouldn't run. Sorry, that truck wouldn't. Well, run. we're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> he didn't get his nitpicks and popcorn. That truck would. That truck wouldn't go, dude. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I I understand that you hold the original to high regards and i don't fault you for that but i also pushing my nose up i don't care i I watched (laughs) them back to back and they're not that different this one is jazzed up to 80s slasher heaven texas chainsaw christine the fog like it's going for it but they are still the same characters filtered through these very high homages but i i don't got no 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 no, then I can admit I just don't want that. Then I don't yeah. want that from. <laughs> that's what it comes. That's fair. That's fair. Like but you, you said they made a bad movie, and I just don't agree with that. I I was upset at the time. I think in the beginning, <laughs> with my hurt defense, people, I people. said I would love this if it was not a strangers movie. Did I not? If this you was did. just a slasher's the, movie, I said it was a good movie. The pool scene. I mean, the the visual the the burning truck on the bridge is sick as hell. The, the reason I love The Strangers so much is because of its its really grotesque and kind of sickening realism in, in how they handle tension. And so this one bends it enough to make it slasher-esque, and that, I guess, is what makes my prickles stand up. But to give it its credit, the pool scene with the, 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 the music cue is sick as fuck. And the truck looks, the truck scene looks cool. It wouldn't be the truck. I know, but just (laughs) check out Christine. It's dope as fuck. And he's just going for the visual homage and I love it. But I, I don't know. This one's so fun. 
And and I'm not saying that the... Go ahead. No, 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 no. I think it just does come down to... Personally, again, I think I do like the original because of that that tension, realism that Josh is talking about, where it's like, this could happen to anyone. They just happen to be there. It doesn't matter who they are. And they still have that in this too. But I think it just comes down to, well, they, you know, like Josh likes a little bit more of that like slow burn and you like a good like stab in the back as soon as the movie starts and i think that's what's cool about both of them is that it's for two different audiences but that's just they have the strangers in both of them i do want to be clear i feel like it's not coming through that i do like both movies (laughs) i do and i think i think some of that really cruel humanity comes across in this one there's Martin Henderson's last scene is is really tragic and really cruel and he just sits there and watches him die in the car. That is still the DNA of who the strangers are. The first strangers movie would have made sure that the man in the mask knows that uh, Lewis Pullman is watching his dad die. That's the difference. <laughs> He's not well, going to get There's no way to know that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm sorry, but if we're if we're Poking plot holes, Glenn Howerton should not be dead in The Strangers. Like, that's just a stupid moment. What? He got headshot. Hello? Why do you walk into a cabin and not call anybody's name? That is the, that's, uh, true. that's a huge pet peeve. That's, a, that's probably no, my that's biggest fair. pet peeve with the whole movie. I love that scene, and I think it's insane and fun and, and it's sickening kill. But my biggest pet peeve was the first Strangers that his character doesn't say anything. Says absolutely nothing. So there's stupid decisions in both movies. They leave the house, they come back in the house, they leave the house again, they come back in the house. Like, it's, I, I think well, they this... can't go anywhere. Their truck is broken. <laughs> run, run down. Where? You go back into the house. They have a, they have a pickup truck. In the first movie established, all it took was a couple smashes from one truck to render another vehicle useless. This I'm one. I'm not going back in that house. I'm not going back in that house. So you're just going to tough it out in the woods? They tried fucking, to go. I'm leaving. Yeah, they tried. I'm, I'm not going back in that house. You guys, we're not going back in the house. What do me no. and Rashawn have in common? We're fucking leaving. <laughs> I'm still walking down the street. I'd rather walk down the street and see them coming towards me than sit in the house. I will tell you, wait. I will be running through the RV park out of breath and get killed instantly. Oh, wait, are we talking about the first one or the second one? Both. I'm I'm leaving. Getting on my shoes and I'm fucking going. Both. Don't know where. Just heading out. They have a they have a pickup truck. But it, the, well, it, come get me. <laughs> <laughs> come get me. I don't know. I I think the the I think pray at night seems messier and shaggier because there's double the victims. But I think there are decisions in both that are kind of like, what are you guys doing? And that's just the DNA of a horror film. So right, I right. buy it. I don't blame. I don't but blame I, Scott Steven. For going back in the house because he knows there's a gun in there. I do. You'd leave the gun. By that time, they he knows that there's at least two people, maybe three. I don't know. They already have the upper hand. I don't know if I would go back in the house and give them the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think with Prey at Night, they slowly, even though. Yes, it does all start to happen really quick. They slowly dole out that there are three of them. Because for a while, it's just Dollface. Yeah. And then it's 
burlap sack. And then pinup girl doesn't come until like 30, 40 minutes into the movie. She's rabid. Uh, they will also have the upper hand when they run you over with a pickup truck. Well, I don't spend the whole night suffering. <laughs> no, no, That's what I'm saying. I'm, gonna... I might die from just being out of breath. Like that, they might not even get to me. <laughs> I'm straight Maybe up not. just gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> is what's gonna happen. They're not even gonna get to torture me at all. I'm They're just like, gonna we're gonna a... get there and be like, <gasps> oh. and die. I will say, I do appreciate Christina Hendricks' character. Dollface comes to the door a second time, and she's like, "Nah, that weirded me out." Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lesser movie would have been like, mm, that's weird. And like keep doing whatever they're doing. The, but she's like, no, this is fucking strange. And, uh, and again, I, I wasn't crazy about the dialogue in this movie. I'm not crazy a lot about, about a lot of horror movie dialogue. But and I think this is why they give me shots that I'm not going to forget. <laughs> uh, including Pray at Night. And The Strangers gets away with it because there's almost no dialogue. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But, When's the last time you watched The Strangers? A couple months ago. I've seen it at least once a year since it came out. So, and that's maybe more than any other movie I've ever watched. I don't rewatch okay. movies. Okay. Um, I'm saying it, it, it can sneak by it because there's barely any dialogue. That's going to get you. Quite a bit. That's why Liv Tyler's good in that. Oh, okay. <gasps> Damn. And there's the hot take of the episode, everybody. Like go. at all? I just don't think she's that good. I think it works because she doesn't have a lot of dialogue. Right. Oh! They have quite a bit in the first act. Yeah, at the table. Like she, she's she's fine. The ice cream, but she's not. I disagree. I'll just just to win some Josh points. I, <laughs> I, I don't think she. I think she's easily her best performance. I remember when I did watch it, I was surprised at how good she was in this because anything I've seen her in before, I'm like, like Lord of the Rings. Nepo. Anyway, um, I, I will say. The parents acted correctly. I think a lot of the bad decisions come from the kids, yeah. which you can kind of write off a little bit more because they're kids. Like you said, Christina Hendricks, be like, nah, slam the door. Right. Or, you know, forcing her daughter to get on top of the RV. Or uh, the dad makes a lot of really good decisions. The immediate, like, all right, it's gun time. Mm-hmm. For me, the best acting moment is comes from Martin Henderson, the dad when they find Christina Hendricks mm. and, and the son is about to walk into the bathroom and he like does everything in his power to make sure the son doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, that's probably my favorite non killing moment in the whole movie. And so the, the, the motivations, especially of the adults are written really well in pray at night. I think. Yeah. I agree. Come on, man. It's all there. It's all good. <laughs> it's so good. Dude. It's so good. You really I, liked it. I really, really liked this. I I knew before that because I, I think I watched it last year, and I knew before that I dug it more than The Strangers, mm. even though The Strangers is dynamite. And then watching it this time, I was like, oh, this might be one of my favorite slashers. It's just very, very, very good. Ever it's like all good. in all. I, I, I did start the whole, at the top of the episode, saying I love references. I love meta horror. You do. And this is chock full of that. But I also think it stands on its own. Like, it's not just a Easter egg machine. I think it all is cohesive and it, it works towards what the movie's trying to do. Ultimately, I think my review comes down to what Lacey and I have been saying this whole episode, is that, like, 
I'm aware that I'm being stubborn about it. I'm not. <laughs> that is not news to me. But I can't let go of that stubbornness of comparing it to the strangers that I know in my head and how I feel like the strangers would act. Comparing them to this movie and how I think they're different. Oh, they're the same strangers. Don't (laughs) worry. So, but if this was an original movie or, like Lacey said, a a name only spinoff with different strangers, then that's just sort of a, which would be kind of cool, actually. I think I would like it even more. Ultimately, it's a very tentative thumbs up because it's a it's it's a fun movie. I just can't. I'm just I'm stubborn. I can't shake that. Uh, editing Rashawn, play the party. Rock oh, I play nothing for you. LMAFAO. <laughs> when they say shake that, mm-hmm. talking about this bat, bat writing in horror. That one is going to sting for a while. I got to tell you. <laughs> he didn't say you were a bad writer. You don't horror. think there's no, any bad writing or character arcs in any horror movie ever. Pop Not what I've said. Okay. But the generalization that there's just... Most horror movies have bad writing. I think is unfair. I didn't say bad writing. I said a lot of horror movies... Uh, you said bad writing. I have bad writing. And then I clarified specifically... <laughs> When it comes to character arcs and when those arcs get abandoned so they can do hero shit. Okay. Who wants to play a fucking game? <laughs> I do. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. guessing game. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Thank you to Najee. Thank you to Jax for both of those listener requests. When I was sitting down to make up a game, I thought how both of these movies could connect. They're both horror movies. They're both slashers. And they both either reference or influence a reference in a later horror film. So this game is called There's No Place Like Homage. Mm. Let's go. I'm going to name a movie and then I will describe a moment in the movie. The only thing you need to do is buzz in and tell me what movie this moment is referencing. Oh, these are going to be fucking deep cuts. I promise. You have all... Yes. You've all seen the movies I will be talking about and the movies that they are referencing. I promise. Wow. Are they all horror movies or they're just... Majority of them are horror movies. Some of them are not. Okay. But I promise there there are no Rashawn deep cuts. I'm not being mean. I promise. <laughs> okay. Some of them are quite easy. Cool? Cool. So, for example, I would say in the third act of Toy Story 2, the elevator lowers, Buzz Lightyear looks up, and Zorg says, I am your father. Noah. You would buzz in and say, Star Wars. Star Wars. Which one? Episode five. Episode five. She got that all on her own, everybody. I would have said six, so you're ahead of me, Mel. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. Um, person with the most points wins. Ten questions. Let's go. Okay. Number one. Scream. You can buzz in as soon as you know the answer. But if you are wrong, you do not get to answer again. Principal Henry opens his office door to see a janitor wearing a red and green suit. 
Josh. Nightmare on Elm Street. Wearing a red and green sweater with a fedora who shouts, what did you say? That is Wes Craven dressed up as Freddy Krueger. I always forget that that's Wes Craven. Rip. Number two, the social network. Opening his computer, Mark Zuckerberg makes a fake profile under the name Tyler Durden. Oh, I keep Josh. forgetting my name. <laughs> my I'm, just, I'm just raising my hands. <laughs> oh. Fight Club is correct. Josh is in the lead with two points. Still anybody's game. Don't worry. What do you mean, don't worry? Worry. No, I don't want you to win. <laughs> I'm like semi-mad at you, but I still love you with all my heart. Okay, number three. Captain America Winter Soldier. After his presumed death, Nick Fury's tombstone reads the scripture Ezekiel 2517. The path of the right... Josh. Is that Pulp Fiction? That is Pulp Fiction. Let's go, dude. What the fight? No idea. I didn't... I guess I didn't even realize that that's what his tombstone said. Number four. The Adams Family. No, oh, here we go. Morticia Adams enters every room with an unidentified light source, focusing only on her eye. Thank you. No. <laughs> Dracula. That is Bella Lugosi and Dracula. And her hand raised for fifteen <laughs> minutes, dude. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Number five. A Beetlejuice. An insect hovers over the miniature land. A hand waves it over, grabbing its head and pulling it under as it hollers, Help me! Wait, say that again? An insect hovers over the miniature land. A hand waves it over. Lacey. Carrie? No, I'm so sorry. Mella. The fly? That is the fly, also <laughs> starring Gina Davis. What? Should have been the remake starring... Oscar. <laughs> Oscar Isaac. <laughs> the loser of the horror movie draft. Oh, oh, Only because I got penalized <laughs> for my creativity. <laughs> Number six. Crazy Stupid Love. Hannah tells Jacob to remove his for running. Fuck. Ah, yeah. Fuck. I knew this. Lacey. Dirty Dancing. There's a reference to Dirty Dancing. Before running and jumping into his arms. Number seven, Casper. As Kerrigan and Gibbs attempt to exercise their newly purchased house, a man runs out the front door and says, Who are you gonna call? Someone else. Josh. Ghostbusters. And oh, the actor that was is meant to be. Bill, Bill, Bill Murray. That is incorrect. <laughs> Can anyone else tell me the actor? <laughs> It is Dan Aykroyd. Wait. Uh, num- okay. Number eight. Halloween. As Lori talks to Annie on the phone, Lindsay and Tommy sit back on the couch watching the television premiere of The Thing from Another World. Josh. Thing from Another World. No. I mean, Mella. Sorry. The Blob? I'm going to give it to Josh. It's The Thing. That's too easy. The, the Thing from Another World. <sighs> Number nine, Charlie's Angels. Oh, shit. Which one? 2001. Dylan falls from a balcony naked, rolling down a hill toward a screen door where two young boys play a video game eating a bowl of Reese's Pieces. 
Mella. Is it E.T.? It's E.T. Drew Barrymore's movie, E.T. That's pretty good. And finally, this is the end. Yes. Jonah Hill screams out, This is no dream. This is really happening. Mella. The Wizard of Oz? Um, no, we can't You're go done, again. Mo. Josh, Greece. <laughs> Why? Greece? Lacey, because you're cl- Wizard of Oz is close. It's a mellow movie. Ah. <laughs> this is no dream. This is really happening. Is a line at the end of Rosemary's Baby. Oh, oh shit, huh? Yes. Unfortunately, with six points. The winner of this, There's No Place Like Homage, is Josh. Uh, editing Sean Play, Don't You Forget About Me from The Breakfast Club. <laughs> I'm going to play something. <laughs> just, a, just, a, just a bunch of farts. <laughs> that was a good development. That was a good game. Congrats, Josh. Thanks. You really are a winner. <laughs> I was going to say. You know, no, you know okay. who's a winner? Who? We are for having the listeners that we there have. There it is. You got there. Wow. Wow. Clean. Look at Clean. us. I'm going to edit that out so it didn't sound like a <laughs> 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 Thank you again to Najee. Thank you to Jax. Uh, wrapping things up, I think we can all come to the conclusion that popcorn is an underseen gem. That was ahead of its time for slasher movies and horror films. Just right before the meta wave of horror films came out with New Nightmare and Scream. But it features an incredible performance and some very inventive kills inside of a surprisingly fun horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side. Can we have can we have Lacey decide what we agree on? Strangers Break Night? No. <laughs> She's like, because I don't fucking agree on anything, bitch. <laughs> we can agree that the total eclipse of the heart sequence is very good. It's I I watched it. I, I was just like, yeah, this is fucking great. <laughs> I just wanted to scream. Carmela was like, <laughs> opens the sliding me. glass, goes out on the balcony. <laughs> Do you all have time to hear about the strangers? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) We can agree that the acting by the core family is very good and that the references to other horror films are well done. Mm -hmm. And that removed from its connection in a franchise, Prey at Night might be a pretty great slasher movie. Nice. That is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. Once again, thank you to our two amazing listeners. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your shows. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode, for a listener's request, a showdown, an auction, email us at WhenCinephilesAttack at gmail.com. From Rashawn. Mella. Josh. And Lacey. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for always being with us. And we will see you next week for Halloween. Yay. Okay.